in the future when you're allowed to date robots <laughs> cold open that's it <laughs> Hey, Zach. Hey, Sirtis. <laughs> so, I have a new toy. Ooh. It's a journal. It's the theme system journal from Cortex. Mm-hmm. It's the Cortex theme system journal. If I had to guess, it still felt good to, uh, like, unbox. Oh, yeah, definitely. It, like, I got it in the mail, and I got excited because mm-hmm. it's just like Christmas. Kind of like a cat. Like, the, the, the important part of it is not the thing. It's the, like, I got a package. There's a box now for me to play with. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm very <laughs> excited about the the um, packing envelope that I get to pop all the bubble wrap for. Uh, that's all I wanted to say. We can move on now. <laughs> if you hear a little, that, that's the bubble wrap. <laughs> no, I got the theme system journal, which uh, is a thing that CGP Grey and Mike Hurley made for their podcast Cortex, which is very good. And I've been using it because they developed the theme system that we have been using uh, mm-hmm. as our semesterly themes. They do yearly themes, so we do semesterly themes. And it's a really nice notebook, and I'm enjoying it a lot. And I feel like it's Good. helping me attain my goals better because I write down whether or not I achieve my goal every day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I haven't even seen the inside of one of those. Like that. Um, it, so the first set of pages are like... Uh, there's a box for the name of the theme, a description of the theme, and the ideal outcomes. So for this semester, I did, I'm doing the semester of joyful responsibility. Mm-hmm. And the description is, I want to treat bringing myself joy as a responsibility and find joy in my existing responsibilities. And the ideal outcomes are going to be spend more time on personal projects, just like responsibilities less, and focus on making myself happier. And then you get into the like journaly part of it which looks a bit like that okay there's some boxes yep there's uh four blank boxes i think mike does good bad something else and forward and i took a i I took a page out of his book nice uh i i did um something good that happened today something bad that happened today um feelings and something i'm looking forward to and i do that every day or i try to and then in the back, there's a section that looks like this, where it just kind of okay. has, like, you write down some goals or, like... It's like a habit tracker, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, more broad than that. More, mm-hmm. like, not, I flossed, but, like, I was a good roommate, or I took time to relax, or I found joy and responsibility, or I worked on a personal project. And you can, you can fill in little circles each day. And you can either fill in, there's a line down the middle of the circle, so you can fill in half the circle, you can fill in the whole circle, uh, or you can do something different than that, but the, that is what it's set up for. And it's like a really nice notebook. It has the cool embossed cover. Debossed. Debossed, yes, right. It's not poking <laughs> out, it's poking in. <laughs> yeah, nice paper, nice notebook. Good. I find that writing things down with a pen is so much better for this kind of thing mm-hmm. for a while i tried journaling with my ipad i and then i encrypted the journal and stored in the stored it in the cloud so that i would have access to it but no one else could read it right and it worked but i ended up just kind of like spewing because i can type about as fast as i can think 
Mm -hmm. I didn't have to like refine it to like think actually I didn't have to analyze what I was feeling. I was just kind of writing down what happened. Right. Yeah. Have you been using any fun, fancy pens? Um, sometimes I, I I have my, uh, Twisby Ego Mini, which I love and adore, but most of the time I just use Retro 51s with the Schmidt refills. Just, um, as a, as a small reminder that your experience is not universal, (laughs) the Retro 51 is also a fun, fancy pen. Uh, Yeah, but like, if you looked at it, you wouldn't go... Ooh, that's that's a fun fancy pen. You'd go, that's a pen. I suppose. It's but kind yeah. of chunky, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's bigger, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. It feels good in your hand. Mm-hmm. And it has room for the good refills, the refills that are so good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I go through like I don't even know like if I was using what are the the G2? Yes, if I was using the G2s, I think I'd go through them like maybe one every two weeks because that i that's i go through those uh retro 51 refills really really fast i write what all are you writing in pen um so i write all my notes on my ipad Uh uh-huh and then i if i have time i'll type them up so i have something to search and then if i'm studying them i'll write them down on paper okay and I'll do all my homework, and I'll do all, like, if I'm taking notes on a book or something, I'll do that on paper mm-hmm. because, I don't know, just feels yeah. right. And then, you know, journals and um, whatever else I decide to write down, which is everything, if I can help it. <laughs> if, if I have right. a thought, I want to write it down. Uh-huh. Like a good G- GTD person. Yes. I don't like the, like, I use drafts as well for that kind of thing, but only if I can't get to paper. I've also found that I've been enjoying um, felt tips recently. Ooh. Um, mostly for, I have this, it, it was supposed to be a Rhodia trackpad that was like paper and you could just like lift the mouse up and write something on it. Mm-hmm. It would just like be on your desk and you could just write on right. the mouse pad. But my mouse couldn't, like the laser didn't work on the paper. <laughs> so it is it's too nice of paper. Good. The mouse didn't know what to do. I think that's actually a thing. Like it's like laminated, uh-huh. and um, so now it just kind of sits on my desk, not under the mouse. But it's like really nice to use um, felt tips on because they just kind of like mm-hmm. because they are so easy. Like you can write at them with them from any angle, and if you need to just scribble something down quick, it's easy. Yeah, you don't have to like think about how you're holding the pen and stuff, which is true for like Bic little plastic pens as well but um Mm -hmm. felt tips are nicer i've been practicing the the rituals that i had already kind of started thinking about at the beginning of the semester the morning and the the nightly i still haven't had a chance to like sit down and clear out my head and clear out my to-do list uh and i don't think that that's gonna get to a better point as the semester wears on so that's a little fatalistic i guess oh no of a way of thinking what um can you elaborate a little bit just like on why why isn't this working for you if i have stuff to do then i should be doing the stuff right and if i don't have stuff to do then i want to be playing video games or something okay i follow and so i'm never at a point where i'm like hey now would be a wonderful time 
to sit down and review my to-do list. <laughs> because at best, what happens is I just spend a lot of time and now I, I know for sure that there's nothing I have to do. And at worst, I realize that there's things that I actually should be doing. Ah, uh, okay. Yes, I understand that. <laughs> it's like email. No, no good news ever comes through email. Right, yeah. Um, it's, it's never like, oh yeah, I forgot I added a to-do list item so that I could go frolic in the meadow for a while. <laughs> what if you add video games to your to-do list? Then I will do the video games because they're on the to-do list and I won't do the real things that need to be done. Uh, like limited video games, though. Like hour, hour every two days video games or hour every day. I don't have an hour to give up every day or even every two days. Mm. So you'll notice if you look at the habit tracker portion of this journal, mm -hmm. the one that says take took time to relax is half circled for uh, it has never got i've never reached a full circle for take time to relax since obtaining the journal and they there are quite a few that are empty circles mm -hmm. because relaxing is hard especially Absolutely. when there's things to do there's things to do but <laughs> i have been told by uh, a mental health professional right that i should take time to relax Huh, I may have to go ask my mental health professional if relaxation is right for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really have been like, I really have been trying to relax more, but it is, I, I understand it is very difficult. I'm going to pull up my calendar real quick and just think, think about this for a second. Okay. Um, tomorrow, I start the school day at 930. Okay. And then between school and work, I... Uh, will be on campus until 7 p.m. And then I will have assignments that need to be done for Wednesday because on Tuesday the same thing happens, but it's 9.30 to 9.30. That's brutal. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Okay, time to drop out. <laughs> I guess. Um, theoretically, also, instead of dropping out of the school, I could drop out of the work. Uh, which is, is becoming more and more of a realistic concept just because, like, who, man? That's a 9.30 to 9.30 yeah, whole that's, day. That's no good. So, yeah, semester of rituals is over. We, we tried. We failed. <laughs> it's gone. The, no, the rituals are still happening. I, I am still doing the morning rituals. Um, sometimes I am tired in the morning and don't want to do them, but more often than not, I do... A good chunk of them. And a, a thing that I said th at the very beginning was that I wanted to be kind of flexible in what it meant day to day to do the morning ritual. Um, and so in that sense, <laughs> I'm doing very good. Because <laughs> I have like, there's the ideal morning ritual and then there's like, uh, like a rubber meets the road kind of ritual. Yeah, right. Oh, shoot. What was I? Oh, no. I had a morning story. Um, one second. It will come back to me. Okay. I wait with bated breath. What does that even mean? Bated breath. What is it? Uh, it was just Shakespeare um, abbreviating the word abated. Okay. What does that mean? <laughs> um, to lessen in severity. So with so like, short, shallow breaths? Yeah. To hold one breath due to suspense. Oh. Oh, I see. Not shallow breathing, but no breathing. You can also lessen in amount. I see. 
So, I woke up one morning. I've been waiting all week to do that. I heard it on ATP and I was like, oh man, that's a thing I'm going to have to start doing. (laughs) And I, so so my alarm goes off and Uh I press snooze and then Uh that gets added to my spreadsheet of when I snooze. Right. And then the alarm goes off nine minutes later. Mm-hmm. And then I snooze again because mm-hmm. the bed is just so comfortable, Zach. Do you remember a while ago uh, when we were talking about trying to figure out how to get you to sleep on time? Yeah. Um, and I said that maybe rigging something up to like spray you in the face with water if you weren't in bed. <laughs> yes, I remember. <laughs> what if instead the spreadsheet could tell the water sprayer to spray you with water if you were in bed? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, this whole catastrophe could have been avoided if I had done that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happens a few more times. And then I'm like, uh, crap. Okay, I actually have to get out of bed. Otherwise, I'm going to be late. And then I hit snooze again. <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Uh-huh. And then I take a real quick shower. Um, uh, you know, do my little morning routine and eventually just kind of go is this first class really important? And the answer was yes. I decided the answer was yes. So I ran downstairs uh, to catch the, not the last bus, but the last bus that could get me to school on time. Mm -hmm. And I get to the bus stop. The bus is like, I can see the bus in the distance. It's the bus stop is right across the street. I can see the bus in the distance. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to get my bus pass out. Hey, where's that? (laughs) So I run back up into my apartment um, oh, no. as literally as fast as I can. And I, um, I, I grab the bus pass. I run back downstairs, uh, just, you know, like jumping down the stairs, Jason Bourne style, uh-huh. like going down the, the banister. Um, I get there and the bus, because no one was at the bus stop, did not slow down for the stop if they were if they did if someone else was there i could have caught Mm -hmm. the bus but no no one was at the bus stop so i just kept going is there not a madison bus app google maps is the madison bus app yeah but like uh no no you don't want that you don't want the city of madison to be giving you information you want google to Uh, be giving you information well yeah that's uh that's a fair criticism but also uh in in cities who have gotten at least to like the 2010s with their transit technology? Um, nope. You can you can hit a button on your phone, and it'll charge you through all of the payment APIs that are already available on a phone. Uh-huh. Uh huh. For the cost of getting on the bus, and you can say, "Well, I made a mistake, but now I at least can be on the bus." Yeah, no, I, I could have given $2, but I thought I could make it. Ah, okay. I thought I could make it, but I couldn't. And so I walked. I did a very fast walk. I was very sweaty by the time I got to class because it was a hot day. Mm-hmm. It was not my proudest moment, but I made it there mostly on time. I got all the information I needed. Mm-hmm. But then, you know what happened, Zach? I was in such a rush to get out right. that I forgot some more stuff at my apartment oh (laughs) so i walked back during a break in between classes 
And then mm-hmm. I then I bust back. Then I bust back to school in time for the next class, and it was fine. But after all that, I had to go back to my apartment. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, that's how my week's been going mostly. And then your alarm went back off, and you were like, <laughs> "Oh!" And you hit snooze again. <laughs> and the bus driver was like, "Hey, you've been on the bus for a very long time. Would you like to get off now? <laughs> like just nine more minutes." <laughs> Let me be on the bus for nine more minutes. The whole reason that we have transit systems is because um, at some point, someone decided that you shouldn't eat where you shit. <laughs> and since then, it's all gone down. <laughs> and welcome to a brief history of buses. So, uh, as you know, um, from, from like high school biology, it's a bad idea to, to do certain things where other things happen, right? <laughs> Just like some basic germ theory right there. Okay. Okay. Um, and in the same way, uh, in, a, in a bigger sense of the city's germ theory, you don't want to be uh, burning coal right next to somebody's house because that's how you get people with a lot of asthma. Unless they're poor or minorities, in which case the city doesn't care, but that's a different issue. So, it reminds me very much of Bo Burnham's pandering in which he says something about not appealing to little girls with no arms, but they can't use iTunes, so screw them, who needs them? Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> now, now we've managed to separate the people and the coal plants, um, which is a very important step in improving longevity of people's lives and things like that. And then the city planners were like, what if we also separated the people and the, uh, the restaurants and the people and the shops and the people and the places where they work uh, that aren't coal plants? And everybody was like, yeah, it worked for the coal plant. So that's probably a great idea. And so now everything is, is where other things are not. Right. Okay. I, I follow. All of which leads me to the moment uh, in my urban planning class where we're sitting in what is called the uh the discussion segment of the class and um and someone says well which uh do you know which of these these philosophies of planning do you think makes more sense uh and we're contrasting baroque and romantic and romantic was very much like get the people out of the city the city's for the rats uh and get the people out where the plants are one second sec. I don't want to get any emails. It was repeat stuff that I was referencing, not pandering. Yes. Okay. Okay. Continue. Uh, <laughs> Tweet at Alex Cox. <laughs> so we get the people out where the plants are, and that's the romantic period. And then the Baroque period was before that, uh, when all the people were just like moving around. And one of the big, the big ideas was that you had uh, an intersection of private business happening in public space very often because uh that's just where everything happened was just like in the public square and so we're comparing and contrasting the two and someone near me says well you know i know from experience that if i well that's a bad way to start a sentence yep i know from experience that if i'm like sitting in my room or something i can't get as much work done as if i get on the bus and go to the library because as we all know the library is not where people live because that would uh be bad for your germs Wait, you shouldn't work where you sleep? <laughs> Why didn't anyone tell me that? <laughs> Maybe if I got sick when I worked where I sleep, I would be motivated to stop doing it. Right, yeah. If you got a cold and not just sad all the time. 
Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay, Zach. <laughs> uh, continue, please. Um, <laughs> and so the um, this this person in my discussion group uh, said that the the romantic ideals of a city were much better because, as we know from experience, if I am trying to do work in my room, it is less effective than if I. Uh, get on the bus and go to the library Um, to which I very rationally responded so then the next thing to do is to get on a plane and go to the New York library to get all your work done because that would make you better at working I mean I don't think that's entirely incorrect and so that is the natural rational extrapolation of the thing that he just said Mm, because I I think you're strawmanning a little bit but continue because he didn't say, like... There's a fallacy in there somewhere. It's, it's good to leave this building and go to a different building, because what that could mean is leave the building and go across the street, which is a very uh, Baroque ideal of the city, which right. is like, right. you leave the building, you go across the street, and now you're in a different building for a different purpose, but it's still very nearby. What he said was, the further away I am from my house, the better I work. Yes, that is what he implied, at least. And I said, so what if you got in a plane? And he was like, well, that's not what I'm saying. And I didn't really have the energy to be like, that's what you're saying in a, in a very big roundabout way. That's well, what you're saying. What you should have, like, the way to handle that is to say, okay, then what are you saying? Like, be more clear in what you're saying. Because until you know what you're saying, we can't have a rational debate about it. Yeah, but... But he didn't know what he was saying. Right. He was just stating an anecdote. Right. We should probably move on to the next subject so I can get on the plane to go to, to the public library in New York so I can do my homework. Well, Zach, while you're, uh, if you ever need a break mm-hmm. from your work at the New York Public I Library. I think we've discussed. I haven't. Um, that sounds like a pretty strenuous thing and I need to talk to a doctor before I start thinking about relaxing. Okay, so let's say maybe that I've talked to a medical professional and they think that I should relax. How should I be relaxing? Well, yeah, right. So... One thing you can do is get some crystals and mm-hmm. wear the crystals and they will help you relax. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that you can do is stare incessantly at your uh, star chart or something uh, and talk about it with me on a podcast because I think it's interesting. I think it's funny. Okay. Rather. So, Sardis, this is... Uh... <laughs> this is a birth chart. And yeah. I... I respect very much what you're doing here, but also I don't know what time I was born at. And this has been like, since I came to college, people have been trying to figure out my natal chart. And the answer is, I don't know. What? You don't know? Okay. Well, it was like sometime in the morning. That's about. Okay. Well, let's, you can do, just do like nine and it'll be close enough. Okay. Probably. I, I think it was somewhere between two and 6 a.m. If Perfect. I had to guess. So we'll go four and see what that says. Ninety-five. There we go. You can't know things about me. It's illegal. I just think this in particular is really interesting because there are so many things that are just so contradictory. Um, However, I do want to go through this with you because I want to basically go through and say, this is right, this is wrong, and basically it's going to be fun. I think it'll be fun, Zach. Let's have fun. Okay. Zach, he... <laughs> oh, wait. Sir, to set that out. <laughs> Zach's social security number is... <laughs> okay. 
I have a Gemini sun. I've been new that. You're a Gemini? Wow. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I would not have pegged you for a Gemini. I, I think that's the whole point of the Gemini. Uh, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Um, scroll. Down. I know. I know like four things about astrology, um, but I'm really shockingly good at just saying one and having it be the right one. <laughs> like if okay. everybody's if if someone's like, oh, what what what's my star sign? Um, very often, like the second one that I throw out will be correct, which is fun. Okay, Zach, what's my star sign? If you like, do you already know? Yeah, Leo. No. What are the other ones? <laughs> what are none of these are? God, there's so many pieces to it. I just want the the normal zodiac. Well, no, that's the fun part about the birth chart, the natal chart, because you can get like like the sun is like the main one, and then like you can scroll down and get the moon, and that's like your emotional responses and your unconscious predestination and self image. Right. And that'll be a different sign. Wait, you're not Leo? No, I'm not. Ah, oh, I think I've been going like four years of my life now telling people that you are a Leo. Oh, no. <laughs> what, are, what are the traits of a Leo? Do we know? Let's see. A fire sign? What the hell? What are... I need to like see... Creative, the... passionate, generous, warm-hearted, cheerful, humorous, arrogant, stubborn, self-centered, lazy, inflexible, Zach! <laughs> <laughs> Like theater, taking holidays, being admired. No, this doesn't sound like me. Bright colors. <laughs> this is minimalist Leo erasure. <laughs> Isn't it? Okay, so now I've got one left. I said that usually by the second I got it. It's not. Oh, I'm such a bad friend. I don't remember when your birthday is. <laughs> I'm like blanking on the month even. Uh oh. Well, I can tell you that uh, we have, you and I have an 80% uh, sexual and intimacy compatibility, um, a 95% trust compatibility, and a 60% communication and intellect compatibility. I wonder if it, like, Y Combinator, they sit down, they sit down their their people who are going to be the co-founders of a business, and they've got the business major and the engineering major, and they're like, so you're going to be the co-founders, but... For Y Combinator to to give you any money, you need to have above an eighty percent trust uh, in your star signs. That's Hacker News, right? Y Combinator. I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. Scorpio, you're close. It's Libra. Libra. Okay. In my defense, I knew that it started with L. Yes. <laughs> All right, Zach. Scroll down to the bit of your birth chart where it says birth chart. Okay, natal chart report. And then it says planet positions, zodiac, placidius, masculine, feminine, cardinal, fixed, planet, aspect. Which one? There's none. Okay, so I don't know what I'm looking for. 127 <laughs> oppositions between Sun and Pluto. Okay, so uh, if you're looking at the same thing I am, you get planet positions, ascendants, and houses. And then you scroll past that. And then you go to, and then there's a little bit called aspects. And you scroll past that. Placidius, aspects, yep, planet, aspect, planet, orb, value. Then under that is part of fortune and south node. And right under that is natal chart report. And that and this is going right. to be what tells you what all this actually means. Okay. I was thinking I was just supposed to like look at that and be like, oh, yeah, with a Taurus moon, clearly I've got a... Oh, Zach, you are. Oh, wow. All right. All right. 
I don't know what the f*** I'm talking about. I don't know anything about astrology. <laughs> okay, I think I have, a, I have a better guess as to what the time... Oh, it resets the form. That's nasty. All right, give me a second. Good old post requests. 1995. Five. Oh, oh my. You can't know okay, things about me. It's illegal. Born in 1995. <laughs> I don't think it's that hard to guess your age, Zach. Okay, let's see if this still says I have a... Oh, natal chart report. Okay, yeah. So that still has me at a Taurus moon, even with a revised time estimate. Okay, so birth chart. The sun represents vitality, a sense of individuality, and outward shining creative energy. So this is like the main one, like the one that if someone asked you your star, star sign, you would tell them. Right, yeah. And that one's Gemini. Right, so uh, reading through this, are, are, does it seem like right? Does it something seem off? Geminis have a finger in every pie. I haven't even had pie lately. <laughs> Curious to a fault. Yeah, I guess, I suppose. It's a very interesting thing to think about because... A lot of the way that we have a conception of self is through the things that other people tell us about us, you know? And a lot of the people who recently have been telling me things about me have had my birth chart in their mind, you know? Okay, yeah. Uh, those kind of friends. Yeah. <laughs> Adept at fitting in with others. They are friends to people from all walks of life. I don't know. There's some things that don't seem quite accurate. Intimacy doesn't come easily to solar Geminis. I'm curious about your Taurus moon. I want to know all about that. The sun is in the 12th house. Yeah. You need some space and seclusion in order to pull up your strength. Yeah. You may avoid the spotlight. My sun is in the 12th house as well. Wow. But if you do find yourself in a public role, you tend to hide your true self behind that role. Is, is the sun in the 12th house the, the actor one? I'm not or sure. I know that was Leo. You said Leo liked acting. Yes, yes. Um, my compassion sets me apart from others. 129 opposition between the sun and Pluto. You may be prone to inner tension. Me? How could you say that, a website who has never met me? Say that I might be prone to inner tension. <laughs> uh, my sun and Pluto are uh, in... Right. Uh, I don't know what that means exactly. The uh, 12 sextile between sun and pluto which the first line of it says you have much sexual vitality and passion is that the sun and pluto difference really doesn't like it just kind of because mine doesn't talk about my sexual vitality at all i think pluto's supposed to be like stuff you're not supposed to talk about what's my pluto in i gotta figure it out Dude, there's so much scrolling to figure out what my pluto is give me a second it's down i love a good mystery i'm adept at solving it Ooh, my end note is in virgo the other one that is, like, raunchy is Lilith, so you should also look at your Lilith. My Pluto is Sagittarius, which means something to someone, probably. Let's see. My Mars is in Gemini. All right. Lilith, uh, Black Moon Lilith represents our darker, deeper natures that can be repressed, that may be repressed or buried. So I want to know that, Zach. What's your Lilith? What's my Lilith? Okay, wait. Now I've got a... Uh, full birth chart. This is not Sagittarius, Virgo, Gemini, Ascendant. I think I scrolled past it. Okay, wait. Here's Pluto. Pluto and Sagittarius. Great aspirations. Sexuality and love are idealized. Do you think your sexuality and love is idealized? Um, I don't know. I think, I think it's a thing that I am conscious of. So maybe because I am conscious of it, it doesn't have as big an effect. What about your Lilith? What's your Lilith in? My Lilith 
Wait, okay. 16 opposition between Pluto ascendant. He may have a strong will. Can pout or pout and brood or dwell on problem areas. In my in my my feminist geographies class, we've been talking a lot about the notion that someone is anything before they come into contact with society. Like that there's a a core of a person that exists regardless of if you were in the 1800s or right now. Okay. And a lot of the readings that we've been looking at say that there is no core of a person. Okay. That exists before society. But it feels a lot like the the natal chart is kind of the the core of the person that exists before society. Um and that is like the things you need to to fight against and to move through and and conceive of uh yourself through the lens of, but are not necessarily facts about you right now. You dig? Yes. Okay. What's your Lilith then? <laughs> uh <laughs> Black moon Lilith represents our... Wait, okay, so is it like a moon on the opposite... What is a Lilith? I don't know. But, well, what is it, Zach? In... Tell me. Lilith. Lilith was Adam's first wife, but the Bible kept it a secret. Thanks. Thanks, Disclose.tv. I need to know your darker, deeper nature, Zach. Black moon Lilith? I just don't even know what it... Dark star astrology. Okay. That's, it's, it's a tab I have open now, at least. My Lilith is in Libra. He may have felt uncomfortable or wrong for needing companionship or seeking approval from others. Or, that's, that or is doing a lot of work. He may feel that dependency and compromise are weak and not right. And this can lead to periods of intense neediness followed by independence. Um, I don't know. That feels like a thing that I have wrestled with, yeah. It's not, it's not super sexy. <laughs> <laughs> you were building Lilith up to be a, uh, a much sexier thing than it was I did no such um, thing I said it was your deeper darker nature something said that Lilith was sexier <laughs> or did you say that Pluto was sexy I don't know uh, yes I think Pluto is mildly sexy I don't know if it's a deep dark nature <laughs> so is this your new party trick is pulling up people's natal charts um, and solving Rubik's cubes <laughs> No, I just, uh, one day someone brought it up and I got curious about, like, I didn't know, like, a full natal chart was a thing. I just thought it was, like, your your sun sign, and that was it. Oh, yeah, no. Um, they use We're a lot of fancy people. words in this. Okay, so my, my Uranus is in Aquarius, and Uranus represents uh, individual liberty, uh, egotistical liberty. Uh, and it says, I may get overexcited at the start of a task that interests me. At times, my debonair personality can give others a banal impression. Which basically means that, uh, well, I don't think these sentences have anything to do with each other. May get overexcited at the start of a task that interests them. At times is, I also have a Uranus in Aquarius. Okay. Debonair personality can give others debonair. Let's double check. I know what the heck debonair means. Like confidence, I think. Charisma, maybe. Ooh, it's a word that exclusively applies to men. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Suave, urbane. Ah, yeah, those sentences don't have anything to do with each other. 
What about Mars? Mars, Mars represents the desire for action and physical energy. My Mars is in Gemini. Okay. In the mutable air sign of Gemini, Mars is a little scattered and unfocused. Easily bored, Mars and Gemini... <laughs> natives. Natives. What is, that word means a different thing in this context. What does it mean? Mars and Gemini natives need a fresh change of pace, frequently just to keep energy levels up. Isn't that just what Gemini is? How is Sun Gemini different from Mars Gemini? Well, in your case, they're not different, because you're both. Right. My Mars is in Leo, which... Which means... Th- this position of Mars gives a drive for significance. Your physical energy likes acting. Uh... They act with authority and power, and their personal magnetism generally endows them with the ability to get what they want. Which sounds about right. However, this is one of the more sexual positions of Mars. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Hey baby, I can tell just by looking at you that your Mars is sexy. While they are rather easy to arouse, their passion is long-standing. Mars and Leo natives enjoy sex more than most. As long as heavy doses of love and romance are part of the package. <laughs> um, this part is correct. They get easily fired up when they feel they've been humiliated. Yeah. Uh, Mars is in the 11th house, so I achieve my ambitions. Okay, my Mars is in the 12th house, so so much of my energy goes into working life. I love research. So my Pisces is on house 6, which suggests that I... Wait, okay, where do you see what house your Pisces is in? Um, I... Okay, so it's under the heading of the houses. It's way towards the bottom. Okay, my Pisces is in 11? Okay. Mine says, Pisces in house 6 means a job in commerce, and my weak points are my kidneys and my feet. (laughs) (laughs) How do you figure that out? I don't know. I don't know where my weak points are. Can I just control F? Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've just been searching for keywords. Oh, my weak points are the kidneys. Hey. I feel like that's a lot of people's weak points. Yeah. Just don't get hit in the kidneys. That's your only weak point. It's like uh, your Achilles heel. Sagittarius on house... What number is that? Uh, Seven. A union with a foreigner or a marriage abroad. Well, Zach, uh, I think... My natal chart is trying to tell me something that I should really explore. Uh, my Venus is in 12, in the 12th house. Okay. Which, okay. Uh, and because Venus uh, represents attraction and the 12th house is associated with the feet, your feet may be especially attractive and or erogenous, which is not true. I can say very definitively. You have non-erogenous feet? I have non-erogenous feet, nor are they especially attractive to my eye. Know. To my eye. I'll let... I've been told you can make good money with feet. I have been told that as well. I don't know if any of the people who have told me have actually made any money with feet. Uh, ostensibly. But they have told me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. O- ostensibly, you can make a lot of money with feet. Ooh, this is spooky. I looked up uh, Dark Star Astrology because I wanted to learn more about Black Moon Lilith. <laughs> <laughs> it's the lunar apogee. Okay. That's some, those are some words I understand, actually. Become a barefoot writer. That's the ad I'm getting. What does that mean? Is it related to to Certus's erogenous feet? <laughs> he does not lack for practical sense to run his business at home. He is ingenious and good with his hands. He is modest and prudish. Oh, that's why none of my chart has been sexy. Because I've got Virgo in house five. Um, 
I have a 12 conjunction between Sun and Venus, so that means that my social relationships are extremely important to me. I have a charming and easygoing manner, and um, I have a fine eye for style and enjoy pleasing surroundings. I generally dress well and enjoy a certain amount of luxury. Which... Don't we all? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, try some pin- finding someone who doesn't enjoy pleasing surroundings. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's exclusively a 12 conjunction between Sun and Venus thing, obviously. Mm-hmm. It is natural for me to question tradition because of my three trine between Sun and Uranus. I am, above all things, an individualist because of where the s- planets were when I was born. Okay. So I don't need therapy for it because that's just how I am because of the, s- the planets. Oop. House 11, the 11th house. So that's my Pisces in house 11. Okay. Uh, that's the area of search for social security. There's a joke in here somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so- something about the government. Uh... <laughs> yeah. So it looks like Pisces in house 11 says that um, I'm not going to work the minimum amount of hours uh, to, to pay out from social security. And also, I will have few friends. <laughs> uh, my Gemini is in house nine, so I enjoy studying. And I'm open to anything new. And I'm accepting and recognizing of my errors. Always developing in a positive sense. <laughs> There's just so much information and none of it is coherent. Or right? they're not cohesive, rather. Uh. Okay, so my Virgo is on house 12, and there's only a single okay. sentence for that. It says, working on a research lab. <laughs> my Virgo's on house 5. Oh, wait, that's the one I already read. He is modest and prudent. Mm. My Aquarius is on house 5, so I don't like routine and banal. Banal. I'm romantic. Wait, but I thought, I thought that we, we looked banal because we were debonair. And we appear to be banal. Uh, apparently, I don't like that, though. Ah, there are two wolves inside of you. One of them is debonair, and the other hates to be banal. <laughs> I is also a friend that one can count on, even for you, Jared. Because my Aquarius is in House 5, so you can count on me. Listen, I know I'm being, like, cynical about this, which I, th- I think is fair. And, like, <laughs> some of you listening may, like, take this kind of thing seriously. I don't. That's fine if you do. This is just fun. Yeah, it's like it's just funny to think about like the where the planets being when you were born, it could somehow affect your personality. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like what the the hand waviness like I couldn't even give you a like, wait, okay, illogical leap. Here's a theory. Okay, if I put in a random birth chart. Oh, wait, okay. Will it seem just as appropriate? 1995. Yes, that is indeed. Well, see, Zach, we need a double blind test. We need to give someone a birth chart that is theirs and someone else a birth chart that is not theirs. Uh, in, let's say, in Denmark. Whoops, that's not a city. <laughs> Apparently it is a city. Denmark, Denmark Town, USA. New Denmark. Click there, submit. Okay. But Zach, you're biased. Your bias is showing. Mm-hmm. I also forgot to correct the pronouns, so I probably... I don't think the pronouns have anything to do with it. I think no. they are just for, like, replacing in the the thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, the thing. Okay, so this is Sun Aries. What does this mean? 
First question, what's the Lilith of this imaginary person born in Denmark in some time? What's, Neptune, Pluto, what's this Lilith? person's darker, deeper nature? Lilith in Virgo. She may have felt uncomfortable or wrong for paying special attention to the practical side of life. She may go to pains to prove she is not or ordinary. The key to eliminating extreme be- behaviors is to work on self-acceptance. I feel like that's me. See, that doesn't feel like me, though. What about your uh, Pluto, your Mars? Uh, In fact, what about your sun? What, what's the sun? The big sun one. is... We'll get there. I'm at Pluto right now. Okay. Pluto in Libra may look for new ways to relate to others. <laughs> that doesn't sound like anyone we know. What the hell? <laughs> she learns her greatest lessons through partnerships. Yeah. Zach, are you sure you weren't born in Denmark? I don't know. <laughs> okay, wait. The sun. This is one of my best ideas for the podcast. Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. Okay. Aries natives are the first to start and the first to finish whatever they set out to do. Um, that's me because I'm always the first person to turn in an exam. Yeah, right, right. That's me. Aries is an active, energetic sign. People with sun and Aries are direct, straightforward, and uncomplicated. I guess that's not me. Um, Zach, I have a quick story to share about uh, being the first to hand in a test. Okay. So this is a little bit relating to my previous story in which I had a tough time getting out of bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is another time I had a tough time getting out of bed, and um, I had an exam that morning. So I was getting out of bed, and I hit the snooze, and then I hit the snooze, and you know the story. And mm-hmm. I was just a little bit late, and unbeknownst to me, we ran out of coffee in the, in the apartment. And I wasn't about to take an exam without caffeine. That's oh. not something I'm going to do, because I actually like my GPA. Mm-hmm. So as part of my already delayed schedule i went to a coffee shop and since i had to jog to class to make the exam uh i didn't get a chance to drink the coffee before getting there so basically i got to class i got to the exam i sat down and then i chugged this latte and i'm like okay this is gonna take 20 minutes to kick in or thereabouts Mm -hmm. and i usually i take tests very fast Mm -hmm. and i so he, he passes up the test, and I start doing the ones I, like, can do easily. This is a crypto class, so, like, I can do a lot of them pretty easily. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, and, but there were a few that I had to skip, because I was just like, oh, God, how do you do that again? So I do all that, that and then I just kind of wait. I, I finish the ones I could do in, like, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and then I just kind of wait, <laughs> rereading the questions for another 10 minutes or so and then i kid you not it was like oh i know how to do this (laughs) and then i finished the test and i was if i had coffee earlier i think i would have been one of the first to hand in the test but i was not because i had to wait an extra Mm -hmm. 20 minutes (laughs) give me a second i gotta load i have not had coffee yet this morning it's noon this afternoon so your star chart is kind of a way of, of like preordaining who you are, right? Right. And a similar methodology is, is separating people into type A and type B. Um, and I don't remember what that means exactly, but I remember that that's a thing that, that people can get separated into is type A and type B. And one of them is a little more... The chads and the incels. Yeah. Uh, one of them is a little more like, uh, like uh, focused on, on doing the stuff. And the other one is like slower about it 
I don't really know. I I have learned about it mostly through comics. Um, <laughs> oh God, this is bad. <laughs> Where are you going with this? And so something that Type A people uh, have a tendency to do in the internet age, at least, is to organize a go bag of some sort. Um, okay. So podcasters are type A's. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's not all type A, is it? I'm sorry. I'm just ruining your segue. It's like it's 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 a very Tim Ferriss idea in my head, though. Yes. Yeah, you're right. But there are people who are not type A who do also do the go bag type thing. And so if you are preordained to be the type A kind of people person, people person. Tim Ferriss is such a chad. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that Tim Ferriss is one of the biggest nerds out there. That's my argument. I will not defend it because it needs no defending. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so you're, you're a type A people person and you want to make a go bag so that when you, when you want to go somewhere, uh, let's say you want to go to a, a coffee shop and get some work done, you've got all the stuff that you need to go to the coffee shop and get the work done. Or, let's say, theoretically, um, you think that there's going to be a zombie apocalypse, and so you want to go bag for when the zombie apocalypse inevitably happens, um, so that you're ready to go when the zombie apocalypse happens. And so you've got all sorts of equipment and rations all prepared in a go bag like that. I want to be prepared for the zombie apocalypse, but that's a metaphor, wherein the zombie apocalypse (laughs) is me buying groceries. So at any time I can be like, man, I really need some groceries and just like go. Yeah. With the urgency that the zombie apocalypse would cause in me. Okay. Yeah. 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 So what are you, you going to need for that? You need uh, fresh water just in case you get right. stuck. That's smart. That's smart. Um, you need uh, something to barter with, with the grocery guy, with the grocery mm-hmm. retailer. <laughs> so what's in your grocery go bag? Um, so I don't have one yet, but I've been thinking quite a lot about it and what, what would make up a, an ideal grocery go bag. Um, I keep my grocery list on my phone. And so a problem that I run into occasionally is that my phone is dying while I'm trying to buy groceries. Mm. And so to have some, some kind of portable charger to charge up my phone, which is Alter- also my grocery list. Alternatively, yeah, you have a Raspberry Pi with a screen that syncs. And it's e-ink, yeah. so it doesn't matter if it runs out of power. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. 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 That's that's one idea. That's maybe grocery go bag phase two. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, phase one is just to have some power on me. Okay. Uh, I have have found some little mesh bags that you can get. So instead of putting all of your produce into plastic bags, you can reuse these mesh bags. So now I'm using some of those mesh bags. So that's something I would want to bring with me when I go grocery shopping. Mm -hmm. Some of the places near me, um, as you may remember from our hashtag Plastic Free July that we we lived, uh, have bulk bulk shopping. And so you can bring in a mason jar or something and fill up the mason jar with the bulk thing. Mm. Um, So maybe I would want a mason jar or something similar that's more compressible because i don't need the mason jar every time but it would be nice to have every time right yes a mason jar that squishes mm-hmm. a folding mason jar a folding mason like jar. they make mm-hmm. um the masons they make folding <laughs> jars <laughs> <laughs> and uh some grocery bags just so i don't have to worry about 
some of those like reusable grocery bags because a lot of places still do discounts. And also, I just like being being the kind of person to carry a grocery bag around with me. You know, Zach, the energy it takes to produce one of those and it turns out, turns out, turns Turns out, double, double, triple turns out uh, plastic is less biodegradable than canvas. (laughs) But the energy, Zach, the energy, the the, the energy, uh, the Mm -hmm. the, the emissions. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because that's the only the only part of this equation that ever matters. Use a paper bag like a real person that is also a consideration i could just have some paper bags in there are thou woke enough probably not okay in all honesty i'm like baby levels awoke oh we might have to cancel zach <laughs> God. Oh, jared jared um, on my mark not yet but <laughs> we will cancel zach <laughs> Also, what if the bag that I carried all of the grocery bags and stuff in was itself a grocery bag, but also a drawstring bag? Can I inquire about your preferred method of transportation to get to the grocery store? Do you walk bus? bus? Okay. Because I usually have more than a bag worth of stuff, and that makes it very hard to bike uh, because I don't have a bike with a shelf on it yet. All right. What else is in your grocery go bag? Besides um, more bags and a power thing. Bags, different kinds of bags, foldable mason jar. I think those are all the things that I would need if I was going to go grocery shopping. How are you going to keep your battery charged? Because like... Force of will. Okay. Because the, like the idea of a go bag is you don't have to do any preparation. You just pick up the, the mm-hmm. bag and go mm-hmm. to the grocery store. So how do you like keep everything... Because like, like your foldable mason jar... It has stuff in it, presumably, when you, like, fill it up. Right. And then you would, like, put it in your cabinet until it's empty again, then you'd fill it up again. Ideally, the fold one would stay, unless I had a lot of folded mason, foldable mason jars. Okay, okay. I would transfer from the foldable mason jar into, like, a, a, a normal glass mason jar. Okay. All right. Because the same, same thing goes for the mesh bags that I've got, that, like, most of the time... what. Once they're home, they just go and sit on the shelf. They don't need to stay in the bags. Right. So you go home, you empty out the grocery bags, you put them back in the go bag. Mm -hmm. So if you need to go to the grocery store again, then you can just go. And this is an aspect of the semester of ritual, I am now realizing. Oh, Um, Because there there also is a ritual to the coming back and the, like, emptying out the groceries. And a lot of times, like, if I buy a big bunch of kale, I don't want all the kale to start wilting immediately. So I have to put it in a container with some paper towels so that they don't get wet and then... You know, you know how it goes with the kale. Yeah, yeah, I eat a lot of kale. So anyway, that's that's my grocery ritual now. I've decided I'm going to talk to um, the team of se- seamstresses that I have uh, toiling away in my basement and see if they can make up make up something that works. Could you like, hmm. Okay, so let's think about worst case scenarios, though. Okay. What if? Worst case scenario, there's a zombie apocalypse while I'm at the grocery store. Right. Uh, worst, uh, another bad scenario, perhaps not worst case, <laughs> is that like the bus doesn't happen at the right time. Okay. So can you, in addition to a foldable mason jar, make a foldable shopping cart-ish thing that you can wheel around? Mm. So if you need to go from the grocery store to home, you don't have to like carry... S- all your grocery bags over your shoulder see the thing about the the bus system here in milwaukee 
is they that they are at least up to the 2010s and so when they say there will be a bus it might not be there at exactly the time that they said but there will indeed be a bus right at some time but like it could, it could come too early we're talking about worst case scenarios or like maybe just like i think there was a case in which you would want to wheel your groceries back to your house instead of taking the bus i don't know exactly what it is but i think there is a situation in which that is preferred I don't, I can't think of a, a shopping cart style thing or a, a rolly kind of thing. Maybe it could be more like a, an expandable rolling hat rack. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then instead of hats, I just hang the grocery bags. Yeah. Something like you'd hang an IV from like yeah. in a hospital. Yeah. With the little uh-huh. wheels and you just walk back getting your uh, kale in- injected into your bloodstream. <laughs> the kale juice. <laughs> No paper towel, just threw it to, through oh. a tube into your blood. That might be like a version three. <laughs> There's the go bag version one, which is everything we've described. There's the version two, which has the Raspberry Pi that syncs up to the, the grocery list API. And then there's version three, which is mm-hmm. um, it's got the IV bag stick. Version four is going to be um, you can... They've just announced you can actually purchase the Boston Dynamics uh, dog robots. Yes, 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 yes. Perfect. So that's going to be version four is it's just a little personal robot that does my grocery shopping. Yeah, perfect. I just finally figured out how to make Whole Foods come to my house. Okay. You needed to go like go through a bunch of steps on Amazon, but I can uh-huh. get almond milk delivered to my house now. <laughs> Good. Uh, we didn't talk about this at the right time, but I'm going to say it now. Because we're talking about grocery stores. Uh Um, I needed to go to Target late at night for reasons that I'm not at liberty to say. Okay. So I had to... So around like 9 o'clock at night, I had to get on a bus and bus over to Target because it's too far to walk. Or it's not too far Mm -hmm. to walk, but it's inconvenient to walk at best. It's like 45 minutes walk. Yeah. Don't be creepy. And so I, I... Get what I need from Target, and I said, okay, so if I get there if I get there at 9.05, I can get the thing I need and get out by, like, 9.10. Mm-hmm. And if I get out by 9.10, I can make the bus, the next bus back. It's 9.08, I get to the checkout aisle, and I'm like, I'm going to make it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make the bus, and I won't have to wait a long time. Mm-hmm. So I get to the, the checkout, and there's a line. There's a line at 9 o'clock at night at Target. <sighs> So I wait. Did you, so I wait in line. Did you like look to see what everybody else thought was so important that they had to be buying at nine and nine p.m. at Target? It was just like normal stuff. It wasn't like weird things. It was just normal Target things, clothes and like picture frames mm-hmm. and school supplies and cosmetics and whatnot. You know, things you get at Target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I missed that bus. So now I have to wait like. So my options now are to walk back, which is about 45 minutes, or I can wait Mm -hmm. at the bus stop for, I can't remember exactly, but it was, I wait 30 minutes for the the next bus and Mm -hmm. then wait another 20 minutes on the bus. Right. So I'm like, I'm just going to walk. So I started walking and then what do I know? Well, uh, I am right next to Whole Foods and Mm. it's nine o'clock at night whole foods is still open for another 45 minutes or so right i wonder if they have the barista almond milk this time and they did i walked in i bought all of the barista almond milk (laughs) (laughs) 
I put it in my backpack and with an extra like oh god I don't even know how much uh let's see hold on let's do some math uh how many ounces in a pound 16 16 okay with an extra 10 pounds on my back (laughs) (laughs) I walked 45 minutes uphill home and it was worth it because now I have a bunch of almond milk in my fridge but you know the the reason that last time you went and they didn't have it was because somebody else. Right. What's your point? <laughs> I have almond milk now. The problem is solved. I guess. Also, now I know that Whole Foods will just deliver it to me. And I think mm-hmm. that should be your next... St- that'll be stage five, is that, like, not your robot will go grocery shopping for you, but someone else's robot will go grocery shopping for you and bring it to you. Mm-hmm. I just have a drone fly through my window and smack me in the face with some almond milk. <laughs> you should, one more thing you should add to your phase one, though. Right. Is yeah. like a couple cliff bars because there's nothing worse than mm-hmm. going through a grocery store hungry. Yeah. So, like on the bus or something, you eat a cliff bar and you are less hungry and buy less things that you don't need because you're hungry. <laughs> That's smart. That's very smart. And now, a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. It cannot detect a heart attack. It cannot detect blood clots or a stroke. It cannot detect other heart-related conditions. If you are not feeling well, you should talk to your doctor. This has been a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. And... Normally, we'd launch into the book club now, but I was bad and didn't finish it. So, sorry, we'll do it next week, next episode, next episode. Until then, you can always find me on Twitter and yell at me about uh, the Bo Burnham song. I'm at...